welcome to episode 167 of Relics of Ore. I am your host, Grybok, and joining me this evening are uh, Spirit, Rabin, and Christian once again. Uh, welcome back to the show. How are you doing this evening, Christian? I'm doing well. Uh, we just finished up our second Plants vs. Zombies public event. We're taking Necromancer Minion Masters all the way through the Labyrinth. Indeed, it was pretty great i missed the first one due to a scheduling conflict but i got to do about an hour hour and a half of this one and it was a total blast uh segueing into our uh fearless leader for that event how are you doing this evening spirit i am exhausted but like contentedly happy so if my brain doesn't make full words on this show you know why but it was it was like the good kind of stress we had three i was prepared to do I, like, I was thinking we were going to have one map. I was prepared to do two. If things came down to it, we had four. And that is, like, the best kind of terrified I have been in a long time. <laughs> trying to get everyone to maps. But I hope everyone had fun, because I had a ton of fun, and it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people were definitely having a lot of fun with it, especially because there were a lot of first-timers, it seemed like. And a lot of people were talking about moving it into... Heart of Thorns stuff, which will be exciting, and we will have details about that in the future, because we're totally going to do that, I think. Mm-hmm. And Robin, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I enjoyed the PVZ, and well, we had four maps going for a short time. I was on the, the last small map, but it was fun. With enough minions, you can face tank the Lich, and that was awesome. Yeah, it's... Uh... It was it was pretty ridiculous. I the only time I had to summon an extra minion was when I accidentally consumed my own healing skill minion. Other than that, I never even lost a single one. So that's pretty great. Um, so uh, continuing our trend from last week and going onward for at least a couple weeks with the expansion, we're going to try and narrow our topics of discussion down to just a few sub points because there's so much to talk about, and I feel like a little bit of structure is helpful. So. We are going to avoid talking about story this week because we'll just give people more of a chance to keep continuing onward and there's plenty of other things to talk about. So I think we're mostly going to be focusing on Auric Basin, uh, the map, and which is the second map, and uh, stuff about guilds. Um, also, the patch that hit literally the morning day after we recorded that podcast. Um anything anybody wants to talk about first i think the patch was really good um we griped and complained and was acidic about you know all those hero points for specializations and so much blah 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 grind 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 and then bang i guess and it was listening to our podcast secretly <laughs> our podcast that wasn't even released by the time that they <laughs> put it out yeah they got on the channel they snuck in and they eaves- eavesdropped on us it's just an unit as the nsa <laughs> Yeah, I I think it was, um, I think that really all of us have been really positive about the expansion, and at most we had fairly minor gripes, and I feel like that patch addressed pretty much all of our gripes that we had. I mean, there's always going to be a few small things, but those were definitely the, the three like biggest issues for me uh, with the expansion, so... I was like, I'm, I'm just super, I'm super happy with it. Like, yeah. It's, you guys, did you do an addendum to the show last week? I didn't catch it. Uh, I yeah, I did a a pre, I don't know. Uh, I I appended something prologue. in the beginning. Yeah, okay. a, pro, a, well, a little bit of a prologue, but I didn't really say anything other than that the last the last one was uh 
or that the patch came out right like after we had done our show and so all everything that we said in the show was completely out of date <laughs> so you know uh well an abbreviated version for those of you who might not know what happened they nerfed the or reduced the required amount of hero points to fully unlock your elites back from 400 to 250 um which is a significant decrease and that amounts to all of the core Tyria maps plus like five or, or like four or five heart of maguma hero points or um if you insta level your character to 80 and take it straight to maguma just 25 hero points in maguma because they're 10 each um it also made adventures more widely available so you didn't they weren't necessarily locked behind events and what was the other thing uh, they worked on some of the mega server tech. We talked about how there were some yeah. suspicions that mega server that their that their algorithm was a little bit messed up because a lot of the maps felt super empty. Um, so they they did some work on that and they acknowledged that that seemed like it was a problem. And I at least anecdotally can confirm that the maps feel a lot more full now. Yep, yeah, I agree with that too. I think part of it is people are filtering in because I kind of I kind of leeroyed ahead into other maps. I had this weird. Um, I kept, like, I wanted to get all the stuff so that I could fully complete Verdant Brink, but in order to do that, I felt like I had to be pulled into maps farther and farther ahead mm -hmm. to get, like, my elites back and all the stuff I needed to, all the masteries that I needed to, to fully experience that map, like, the way I wanted to play it. Um, so I, I had this weird uh, being pulled forward, I felt, like, ahead of what I would normally progress as but um now that more people have caught up into those later maps um i'm enjoying those a lot more as well i mean even verdant brink felt really empty to me like it must have just been something with my server or something because it there were people but like a lot of the time the meta events had like five or ten people like it, it just felt barren for how big they were supposed to be but they i don't. didn't have those problems really in verdant brink i was able to even take down the uh, patriarch before the patch hit which was surprising to me considering how many problems people were having yeah i mean yeah and again with the fact that it's like sort of a server cluster based problem you know it could have been very hit or miss like some people may not even notice the difference but i can definitely confirm that for some of us it's pretty significant um i think i think the biggest thing i think somebody on reddit articulated it that the reason that a lot of people, I think myself included, uh, f felt like the 400 mastery points to max out a specialization felt a little bit onerous was that basically we've been playing effectively the exact same characters and builds for three years and like we got all this new content and a lot of us like wanted to try a new build for that content, but if even if you had map completed... I still hadn't unlocked the Reaper all the way by the time I finished the story and had gotten like several maps deep. And like, if you, especially if you don't have a world complete character, it took, it took a significant amount of time to get that. And it's like, by the time that you would have unlocked it, you would have kind of done most of the content in Maguma, unless you had a mm -hmm. full world complete. And then it's like, well, so I've got to do all the new content with my old builds that I'm tired of, and then I get my new builds after I've done everything. Like, just felt a little odd. So I no, it just it was off. Yeah, I'm super happy with the change. I think I think it's great. And I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I'm biased because I'm a super heavy alt player. Well, not I mean, compared to some people, I'm not, but compared to other people, I definitely am. So I'm real happy. And I think they yeah. mentioned that in the article, like, this will make um, people that have a lot of alts happy, make it easier for them. 
I don't think I mentioned on the show last time, but I was in my mind, I was sort of thinking 300 would probably be a reasonable number. Um, so I was more than happy with 250 and um, sort of very quickly managed to get the final bits for my Chronomancer. And then my Dragon Hunter was a much, much more playable when I, I logged in on my Guardian and I, my Berserker as well. I've been running around on my Warrior, but in interior, uh, working on my Juggernaut collection. So it's been helpful to get a feel for the new classes and, and try out new things. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you're, this isn't even in the show notes, but I just realized we haven't even talked about it. So you're working on the Juggernaut um, precursor. How is that going? I haven't really looked at the precursor journeys at all. Like, are you having fun with that? Yeah, but I think it's also because I'm, I've sort of taken my own approach to it to, to kind of, I guess, gamify it a little bit more from my point of view. Like it'd be very. Un- I've only unlocked the first um, collection so far. I have got the mastery for the second tier of legendaries, and I'm about halfway through the. I think I'm working on the third tier. I might be working on fractals right now. Um, but what I've been doing is I've pretty much just been playing on my warrior. Um, I gave her a bit of a haircut. She's a Norn. I got her some some new weapons, and I'm messing around with a different build. And then I've been uh, going around Tyria, not using any waypoints while I do the collection. Oh, okay, so, so taking it a little bit much... more like like sort of Skyrim esque, I guess uh, it's not quite yeah because right, you can fast travel, but sort of the on well a lot experience. of people um, in Skyrim will avoid fast travel as well or not even realize that it exists. Yeah, I and didn't that's even... been a lot of fun. I didn't even know that there was fast or like I I knew that there was fast travel, but I never I didn't find the uh, the the stage coaches that took you to all the major cities until I had already been to all the major cities on foot. Which like <laughs> whoops. And the thematic style of the, the collection is really interesting as well. I've been talking with Hunter because he's been working on the, the Quip collection uh, and the differences between the two, but also the similarities in some ways. So for the Juggernaut, you kind of have to travel around the world and look at all the impressive statues and rock formations and do a slash ponder in front of them. And then you also have to go and uh, sort of pay respect to all the giants in the world. And you do that by kneeling in front of them. So, for example, in the in the Coloss- uh, cliffside fractal, where there's the Colossus, once you free him, instead of bowing at the end, w- which you would do for the achievement, this time you kneel for the Juggernaut collection. On the flip side, what Hunter does for the Quip is he runs around the world making fun of people. Uh, so instead of respecting giants, he sort of, uh, has to find them and laugh at them and point at them or desecrate uh, impressive temples and structures by puking on them. <laughs> Does that so mean we you have to have candy corn. Yeah, yeah, so we were running the cliffside fractal, and at the end, the we set the colossus free. I knelt to him, and then Hunter was next to me, puking up at his face. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. So uh, I have to see what happens in the in the second phase of the collection. I know uh, they can get a lot more expensive and time gated as well. Some of them have. Um, a requirement for like 90 Deldrimor steel ingots, which if you don't buy them, obviously takes 90 days, which is kind of lame. Um, so I haven't looked into what the Juggernaut needs yet on that side of things. Hmm. I'm just trying to calculate that out. Do you, do you know what the going rate is on gold for that? Well, what the, uh, in that thread I saw it on Reddit, they were basically saying, I think this was for Dawn. You're better off going for the legend, selling that, and then buying Dawn instead of pursuing the collection for Dawn. Because you'll st- you'll make a profit and still have money left over once you um, buy Dawn. I thought that the precursors you got from this are 
account bound. Though. I think they were saying either either that's not the case, or you sell the uh, actual legendary at the end of it. Oh, I, oh. I believe it's not the case. I believe you can sell them, though, at least from my... I have not crafted one yet, but from my understanding, hmm. um, they are not account bound and you can sell them. So if that, yeah, if that's the case, then it's not surprising that the collections have a lot of money gating in them as well, just to keep that economy balanced. I would have thought account bound kind of fixes that because then to a degree, I mean, it's going to drop the prices a little bit because of the reduction in demand. But if it's enough of a time sink in some way that's not boring like Delgin or Steel Ingots, yeah. then you probably have enough of a disincentive for people to still want to farm the gold and buy it off the TP instead. Well, yeah, maybe. I think I feel like if it didn't have a fairly sizable gold component that it would mess with those markets pretty significantly, but that's kind of... In, kind of in the end, separate. it's designed to give people uh, an option that isn't the Mystic um, Toilet. Yeah, yeah. And isn't enorm like enormously different in in like price in terms of, like isn't like way more expensive at least so yeah um but speaking of throwing away gold uh Oric basin how about that gold city <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was kind of an eric level segue um i i guess ahead. i can just i'll start talking about the map in general i kind of um blew through verdant brink when i started um, I had been there in the betas, not not done stuff extensively, but I thought it would be nice to push into a different area, and I'm really glad I did. I like Orc Basin a lot, and it's definitely um, currently my favorite out of the four maps. That might change as I um, don't experience crashes in Dragon Stand anymore, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it's a lot... I wouldn't... Kind of flatter... <laughs> Then, um, Verdant Brink, you're not gonna fall into giant crevasses of sadness as much. Um, there's definitely an element of you want the, I think, I think Grabak very aptly put it, he called it the, the trifecta of mobility in the jungle, which is, um, bouncing, gliding, and updrafts. And, you know, you still very much benefit from those, but, um, it's, I think I think a lot more conducive to navigation, and it's just plain beautiful. Like there is a lot of stuff there to look at that is very pleasing to the eye. Where Verdant Brink is a very um, kind of like dragon corrupted and jagged, um, has definitely seen a lot of devastation. Orc Basin is fairly pristine and relatively untouched, you know, despite the hordes of Morgem that are the meta event. Well, Verdant Brink is the car crash where Auric Basin is the uh, the castle. The metropolis know, city. Shiny, sort of yeah, the metropolis. Car crashes and castles. I always think of those two things together. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Come on, analogy, man. Auric Basin. <laughs> I feel like but car Oric crashes Basin. and castles, that's got to be the name of the episode. Right well, I guess... <laughs> wow, we're keep, getting into keep... it much earlier this week. You keep finding the names, Christian. This is working great. <laughs> yeah, you're the name master. I know. The other thing I like about Oric Basin is those little tidbits of lore that you find laying around. Um, and a lot of them are in the city, but they're really interesting to read and ponder. Um, have you guys found a lot of those? I found some. Um, yeah, I found some. I haven't really sat down. I, I do, like, once I have everything, I will go back and do maps very meticulously and explore all the corners. But, right, but now I'm, like, bouncing all around and trying to get all the events and stuff. So I've been doing 
mainly the events rather than exploring, but I have, I have happened across those and the ones I've found are, are, yeah, interesting to, to connect to Guild Wars 1 lore, um, but also the, like, the story of the world in general. It's very, um, I would describe the method of delivery as very similar to the books in Ebonhawk, where you've got the, the novels all around and there is a set order to them and you can find them all, um, and they, they do tell a cohesive story all around, but I have not yet found that full story. Yeah, I would I would say that that's fairly similar similar to my experience. I spent a lot more of my time in the first map, and then a moderate amount of time in the second map, and then I pushed on to finish the story in the third and fourth map, and have barely spent any time in either of them, so I still have a ton of exploration to do. Yeah, that's me as well. And and to the point where I actually finished the story and then turned around and, and started it again on my second character because the rewards were actually pretty good. So I want to try and capitalize that while I, on that while I can. Mm-hmm. That's so what I was like, curious about with the rewards. Do you get the same armor skins and weapon skins when you go through on a second second playthrough with character? Um, you, so you still get like a piece of bladed armor, but obviously it's for the uh, weight of your class. And mm-hmm. then the auric weapons as well. And again, they're themed to your class. So on my Mesmer, I think it was Sword, Focus, and I can't remember the other one. And on my Guardian, it was Hammer, uh, Great Sword, and Focus. Cool. I'm going to have to make more alts just to get all the skins. And obviously the backpacks, um, again, so I, I took a Priory one the first time and now working on the Vigil one. But I was actually, it's more, it's more the, um, so crafting materials that you get near the end of it that are quite profitable. Fulgrite is a really good material to craft right now. And it's mainly used either for guild stuff, I think, or to craft the new Ascended armor stats. Oh. And I'm never really going to make them, I don't think. And they're stupid expensive because it would really be like 40 to 50 gold a piece before you even think about the Damask. Ugh. Wow. Yeah. Although some of those Just prices are obviously for, uh, legendary armor. Yeah, well, yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of extremely expensive and costing as much as legendary armor, they finally discovered the recipe on Nightwing, Night Fury, Night Fury, right? The, uh, yeah. the Batwing backpack, and at current market prices, it's something like like eighteen hundred or two thousand gold worth of materials. That doesn't surprise me because I was really looking like it was going to be that kind of level of. Uh... I guess money cost to it. Yeah, well, I mean, I shouldn't say the biggest. Well, it is the biggest, so I guess I should say that. But it's it's going to be expensive regardless of when the market calms down. But the big linchpin item is definitely the uh, the linseed oil, and that's because it both requires a like a huge number of them. It requires three hundred, uh, and also the fact that guilds, which are in like super hot. Like, everybody is building their guild up, and guilds take a ton of that stuff. So, you know, you can you can gather the parts for it. I've got all, like, ten of my characters on the two farming spots, and I'm farming it every day, but I still only have, like, 70 of the 300 that I need. Um, so, yeah. Over time, that will get cheaper, but it still requires a lot of T6-like materials and lodestones and stuff like that, so... I don't know what it was like, but uh, the first Halloween with the sort of semi-legendary weapons skins that they had back then, I feel like they were in the same ballpark uh, in terms of, like, obviously inflation has changed the price since then, but I felt like they were kind of similar in cost back then to what 
uh, Night Fury is now? Uh, yeah, yes and no. Um, I remember exactly how much the scythe cost because I bought one. <laughs> um, back then it was 30 gold, uh, which was a lot. It was literally every cent that I had, but I really wanted it. Um, which I guess I would say the Night Fury I could buy immediately if I wanted to and liquidate everything I have. So in that sense, it's kind of kept up. But on the other hand, like back then, you could still uh, like COF farm if you knew what you were doing and still make like five, six gold an hour. And so right. that translates to only six hours of farming, only in air quotes, whereas <laughs> there is no six hours of farming that will get you 2000 gold. Like, so it's and if there is please email us yeah right please uh keep it to yourselves and us and i promise we won't uh tell anybody but we will give you a shout out on air um for reasons no <laughs> but uh no it's they were expensive back then but also like it was a lot easier to get that amount of gold if you were really persistent so anyway but that's sort of a that's sort of a sidetrack i just i wanted to mention that since we had talked about the whole scavenger hunt aspect that uh that that was garnering among the community <laughs> and uh yeah pretty crazy um have you guys getting back to orc basin have any of you guys uh, actually completed successfully the meta meta event there i have yes. not i've played it once and we failed barely so i've done it twice and we did the north gate successfully, but obviously no one else was doing the other gates, so it didn't matter. And then we tried the south gate out for the first time and kind of got a decent way through that. Um, so that's all I've done. And Spirit, you said you got a full completion, right? Because you taxied me into that one. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've done it a few times now. Have you um, noticed? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Just, just why don't you just talk about that? Because I basically the only times I tried it were before the mega server patch, and there was like nobody there. And then yeah. I haven't, I haven't tried it since then. But obviously, a combination of people moving on and also the mega server fixes have made it at least possible. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the structure is fairly different to Vern Brink, where there's the like there's the outpost and you build them up. I mean, there's still outposts. Um, but there are several sort of phases to the event. Um, it starts with you, you capture these, these pylons that, um, the Mordom are trying to take. And then once you've got those, um, each of the four north, south, west, and east splits into three events, um, which go to like sort of, um, sub pylons. Um, and each of those, I have to say, like, I, I believe firmly believe across the board like the event design like the actual fun factor i guess of each event um arena net has pushed through the roof with heart of thorns um i mean it's still stuff like you know you know escort this npc um you know gather these things but they do them in a lot more interesting ways like they're like you have to think about what you're doing you can't just face roll through it and you want to strategize a bit so uh take one of the um one of the south watch events for example you escort this npc down she talks about the lore of you know the saurians in the area the the dinosaurs and these ones are the worst we have to watch out for these and you kind of learn how to fight those and then she takes you into mordrum area and you are the goal is to destroy these these pods, but the pods are only vulnerable if you take out the husks. 
Now husks themselves are vulnerable to conditions. Um, so there's that layer of strategy to it. But then there's also now with the new break bars, um, an element of you want to CC the husk near the pod so that as soon as the husk is down and the pod is vulnerable, you can switch DPS to the pod. And I mean, it, it makes you repeat that a few times, but that's just one example of like the nine events that are going on simultaneously there. Um, and all of them are fantastic. Like I, one of the, like one of my coolest experiences so far in, in Heart of Thorns is I was um, actually on the, wait, I'll, I'll hold that thought for a second because it progresses back. So once you, once you do those, those pylons, um, they come back to the middle and then the, the Mordrum are kind of threatening the, the city center itself. So you've got all these pylons on and then there are challenges um, which happen at North, South, East, and West. They're all different things. Like one of them is an auction challenge. Um, oh, I where you saw have that. To, you like, have to I... bid on these enchanted armors, which are good, like help you beat the last event. Um, one of them is a competition where you are, you're kicking mushrooms at the Mushroom King and the first person to kick three into the Mushroom King earns the right to wear the suit of armor in battle. Um, and they can be completed multiple times. I think there's Isn't there like, a race too? I don't I haven't actually been to all of them. I've only been I to those two. I think that's the only one I've done was the race where you actually compete with other players, uh, probably like the auction does. And yeah. you have to make it to the top first and then you get your armor. It's kind of cool. Yeah, they're all though that phase of the events is all very um kind of competitive. Uh which is different in to many things. I mean, Guild Wars 2 is very, you know, everyone has to work together all the time, but you there's some element of competition there, which is, I think, unique. I haven't done a whole lot in the other Heart of Thorns maps yet. But it sounds but, to me but, like no matter who wins, everybody wins. Yeah. Right. Because the the whole purpose of the first part of the map is to get enough suits of armor that you have, like, so if you capture all the things, there's five or six suits of armor at each of the four um, watch posts. But if you don't complete those events, then there are less suits of armor, and the suits of armor come into play in the last thing. So the the whole, like, it's really well tied together. Like, you have to, you don't have to succeed at every event to have a successful map, but um, for the best chances of success, it really encourages spreading out and, you know, knowing what you're doing and kind of coordinating that. Um, but once you've got all these suits of armor, whoever ends up with them, you the the event chain culminates kind of in this in an event called the Octavine, and um, Tarir itself is divided up into quarters with a central portion. So north, south, east, west. You might notice the theme. Um, each of those events has a Octavine which is guarded in some way, and every one of those events is about figuring out the way to circumvent the Octavine's defenses and then um, destroying it, but doing it in a coordinated way, because once one of the Octavines drops, you have two minutes to kill every other Octavine in order to succeed the event. Um, so so, so this each, is... each quadrant has a different mechanism to win? Like, I've only done the North Octavine quadrant, so I didn't even know that right. they were different. That's crazy. Right. Each one, So each one has a different mechanism. Um, I'm going to talk about South first, because that was where my really cool experience came in. So the first time I... I was in the map, I went down to, to the south post, I didn't really have any idea what was going on, but I saw um, there was a bomb being moved towards the Octavine and it kept getting destroyed. So I was kind of learning how to 
do the event and I noticed that the the bomb itself was hostile but invulnerable. So I kind of, you know, threw some attacks at it to see what would happen and eventually I realized that it, it could be CC'd. So the um the objective of South is to move this bomb to the door while CCing it. The bomb is hostile to you and if it explodes it will kill you. Um, but there are also giant, giant dinosaurs stomping around, um, giant Mordrum, um, the giant exalted suits of armor. I described um, South Lane as trying to move a bomb through a hockey field filled with giants. Hockey field, uh, which huh? I, a hockey field? So um, it's like air hockey. A hockey rink? <laughs> you know, Sorry. the icy kind? Yeah. Field hockey is a thing, too, you know? Anyway, um... Yeah, like, uh, yeah, trying to move a bomb through a hockey match of giants. And we've gotten a lot more efficient with it over time, but I had this moment where I was like, oh, 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 I'm doing this all wrong. And I went and got out of combat and I got my scorpion wire and I got my CC skills. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, this is way different than I, like, I have to approach this in a different way than just killing everything. Um, oh, yeah, one thing I forgot to mention is that there are enemy bombs spawned by the Mordrum, and so the the suits of armor, at least that lane, function as trying to they hit the the other enemy bombs off your lane to keep it clear for you. So you have at least you know a party of uh, exalted armors um, over you. So there's you split the zerg into four to do each quadrant, and then you have to split the zerg again so that the there's a group of enchanted armors in each in each as well. So there are splits within the splits, if you will. Um, just to give a quick overview, North is um, setting up turrets that have a specific um, herbicide to to break those bombs down. Um, I get East and West mixed up. I haven't done either of those, but one of them is flying bombs that will detonate if you get hit over updrafts um, down onto the Octavine and dropping them like in an in an aerial fight. And then the other one is uh, kicking mushrooms into the thing. So. They're they're kind of tied into the challenges in a way. Um, there's like some practice for it if you've done the events on the map. Mm. But yeah, overall, a really really fantastic event chain. Like I really have enjoyed it, and I've gone back a few times to do it now. Um, it opens up if you successfully. I guess I'll talk about this too. I'm sorry I'm monologuing, but no, there's a lot to say about it. By far the most experienced at it. It sounds like so that's all. I mean, I haven't. This is all <laughs> mostly news to me, which also, as a minor segue, just speaks to just how much content there is. That like, yeah, I've, I've wanted... played at least forty hours. Like I've gone through a full end to end birthday booster on one and a half characters, <laughs> or like one, like a full one on one character and a half one on another character. And I I haven't even done the meta event in the second zone. And don't even get me started on how little I've done in the third and fourth zone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Like, I really, I wanted to bring that up earlier, and we kind of moved on. But I, I did really want to say that we, like, one of the main concerns was four maps. Is that really going to be enough to do? But it's a lot. Like, I, none yeah. of us have really, like, I feel like we've barely touched the surface of it. I haven't even unfogged the second map all the way. Like, I have, I've basically <laughs> completely been everywhere in Verdant Brink, and I say that in air quotes because that's even that's not true. Like, I pretty much have, but I'm sure there's stuff that I've still missed, which is mm. amazing. But I, like, uh, there's still so much to see. Anyway. Yeah, so the um, the event kind of culminates in the Octavine, and then there's two, you can either succeed it or, or fail it, and I guess I'll talk about success first. Um, when, you, when you succeed, it opens up um, doors in the bottom of the city, and then there's 
um, just rooms upon rooms of chests. It's like, imagine Silver Wastes, the chest train. Um, but when you beat the Vinewrath, the labyrinth opens and there's no dogs in it. You can just pillage all the chests. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Uh, it also opens up a hero point. So if you've been having trouble getting that hero point under Terrier, that's that's where it is. That's why I've been offering taxis to the guild and stuff when I when I get through it, because you cannot access it unless the event is successful. I don't think it'll be a problem, especially as more people get in. It's not particularly difficult to coordinate. I mean, it's in the style of Triple Trouble, but not nearly on the same difficulty scale. Um, so I think I think people have it um, pretty much down like, like Vinewrath. I think uh, on that sense, just from my quick, brief experience with Auric Basin and the, even the fact that I've never actually finished Triple Trouble, but my uh, initial reaction is that it's got the same kind of mechanical depth, but not the same kind of maybe um, DPS uh, check. Like hard so to speak. yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. or if, if it does, it's more tied to the mechanics rather than to your... Uh, your gear and your build, I suppose. Yeah, and and, quick, yeah. Quick point of that. order question. Uh, I believe you only need to have the first. Do you only need to have the first mastery from the uh, exalted in order to like basically do those events, or do you not even need that to do this? I think you need that one to teleport into the city. Is that correct? No, you don't you need it to in. get into the city. Yeah, you can just fly oh, okay. in. Um, it makes it easier to get around the city. Um, and just around the map in general like you'll get more out of it if you have exalted except i can't remember one. what the first tier yeah exalted lore one um you'll get more out of the map exploration for sure um but it's not required at all like it it would be a smart move like if you're look like if you've just happened into auric basin and you've just unlocked your exalted line it's it's not a problem if you start jumping into the events to to earn that one but so, uh, but can you pilot the suits without the first one, or do you need, you need the first one, right? I don't think you can pilot the suits yeah. without the first one. But, but the first one's I really mean, easy to get, so... Yeah, and there's there's enough other things you can be doing that, I mean, you shouldn't be worried at all about, like, not being useful to the event because you can't pilot a suit. Right. Um, But on the other hand, uh, and this is kind of a lore thing, if you... I, I'm not entirely sure about this whole thing, whole thing yet because i don't i haven't spoken a ton to the exalted and learned a whole lot of their lore yet um but it seems like um when you when you fail there's that that bubble in the middle and there's a like an inner like i don't know if it's an inner council i don't really understand the the exalted um governmental structure social yet. structure all that yeah. stuff yeah but uh they're they're named uh named npcs and i think there's like 12 of them and i've only ever seen the same one die twice like a different one what happens is an exalted sacrifices themselves detonated detonates this bubble to push all the margin back into the city if you fail um but there's voice dialogue for it so they'll cry out over the, it's i mean it's the duena level dialogue they'll go no we're losing uh <laughs> exemplar Teon, and uh the, that call it'll go over the zone but then if you walk into the city center they're they're all grieving like one of them has disappeared and they're all saying these really nice um prayers for their their fallen comrades you know it was it's it's necessary this is this is our duty this is why we're here um so that's a really really nice touch not not only that it's extremely varied to the point where i've spent a dozen plus hours in this zone and i've only seen the same one die twice 
And like, I just, yeah, I thought that was a really, really nice touch the way they handled that. I bet Peter Freeze wrote all of the deaths gleefully. Probably, <laughs> but can I like high five him like a sad high five? Like he did it really well, but it makes me still sad in my heart place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, was there more you want to talk about with the meta event? Uh, chests, something or other? Sort of got on a tangent. Um, not really. I mean, there's all there's all the chests in the underground. Um, there's different numbers and levels of them based on how far you got in the meta event. Um, so after the meta event is completed, that door opens, but it doesn't necessarily go all the way to the back of the hero point unless you complete it. And I. I don't know if there's any in between, like if you don't complete it or if, like if there's like a middle completion, like if you manage to down one Octavine, I don't know what happens. I was going to um, say, I, I am pretty sure that one of the times that I went back there, you couldn't actually get the hero point. Like you could go down. Yeah. But the hero point was there was just like a, a solid wall in the way. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, because I'd been down there once and I was like, how the hell do you get this stupid thing if like you can't if this if this isn't the way how? How else are you going to get there? Um, so maybe that's the answer. I think that's all I have to say about the uh, meta event, though. It's just, it's really fantastic. And uh, there's... Alright, here, I do have one more thing to say about There's a lot of replayability to it. Um, there's also a title, if you like the replayability to it, for clearing it 100 times. Um, that title is The Golden Child, I believe. Um, so if you really want that title... Um, better, better get at it. I think I'll probably get it in, in time. In time, yeah. I'm not, certainly, I'm certainly not in a rush. Like, I've been getting achievements left and right, which is great, because I've been stuck on, like, I haven't had any to work on for so long that I'm really enjoying it, but I'm not going out of my way to get the ones that, you know, I do have to go out of my way for, for a long time. I'm glad I'll have something to work on long term, uh, in terms of achievements, you know, and, as well as masteries and other things. And I'm glad that that achievement's not Yak Slapper bad, or original Yak Slapper <laughs> I was bad. Yeah, they fixed Yak Slapper, though. Yak Slapper's not bad anymore. I mean, there's people who had it at launch, so. Yeah. Um, I think it was Ravius wrote an article about about the events, and he described them as very sticky, which is to say that, like, they just, they kind of, like, hook you in, and then you just, like, keep doing them and keep doing them keep doing them, which I would definitely agree with. Like, my wife and I have both been pretty much just, like, playing this nonstop for, like, since it came out, and it's, like, every night it gets to be, like, midnight, and we're like, oh, god we gotta go mm -hmm. to bed and it's like oh but hey look this event just started and then we're like no wait no this is a chain it's gonna keep going <laughs> it's gonna keep like no turn back now it's a trap yeah I'm like but it's already halfway done like oh <laughs> um yeah so i mean yeah that just sort of echoes some of the things you were saying about like having really honed their craft for what makes these events fun and and sticky if you will so um that's that's quite good have you done have any of you guys done many more of the advent? I feel like I'm the adventure guy on this podcast. Like I've done a lot of the adventures. <laughs> I've been trailing behind you because I see it shows people on your friends list and guilds. I think, uh -huh. uh, I think where they rank, and it I've been does. trailing behind you and going, God, Grybox got gold on this one. Now I have to. I sit there for a little while and I'm like, mm, I'll come back to it. I got silver, but I can't quite catch up to him yet. But I see you there. I'm I'm gunning for you. Is do you I know? Still if the haven't done a single one. Oh, they're really fun, actually. I thought they, they were going to be fun. really gimmicky, and like to some extent they are a little bit gimmicky, but they're also really like fun gimmicky. I, I actually really enjoy them, uh, mm -hmm. for the most part. I don't know they're... what it is, but for yeah, for some reason, 
it must just be the way I play. Like, if there's one there, I'm busy doing something else, so I won't go out of my way to go and do it, even though I should because it's only temporarily active and all that kind of thing. And I guess they're not jumping out. Yeah, and I think, like we said last time, they're just not jumping out at me yet, maybe, because I'm not familiar with the icon, and so I just sort of look past it because I'm Mm -hmm. focused on other stuff. Yeah, they definitely hit that, like, sort of self-competitive gamer thing that I have, like... Like, obviously, I'm a very competitive person in, in a lot of things, but, like, first and foremost, I'm competitive with myself. Like, the most frustrated I get is when I know that I can do better and I'm failing at it. Oh, and, I feel that so hard. Yeah, and, like, so these these just, like, push that button where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so close to gold. Like, I can do this. And then I'm like, crap, no! Ah, like, ah! And, um, also, pro tip, you can press the 10 skill and reset the challenge at any time um if you know that you've already oh, housed yourself good to know yeah. yeah i've been doing it in the in the upper corner you can x out yeah. of the event which also pops up the the thing but it's good to know that there's a key for it yeah yeah which is an easy key bind for me because you know it's your elite skill um is is the number next to your name uh your global rank do you know like i think it is i believe so because i'm rank like 20 or 30 on a couple of these like i i've been playing a lot <laughs> um Anyway, I'm a solid like 430. Some of them are really hard. Like there's some that I have no idea how you're supposed to get gold on. Like not even Mm. there's one that I can't even get silver on. Um, And then there's some that I know that I need like a couple masteries for. And then there's some that are just like super easy to get gold on. Um, So like the one I'm thinking of is because this is centered on Tarir um, or Tarir or however you pronounce it. Uh, have, Have any of you guys done the the like gliding one up there? That's like above the waterfall kind of i don't think i've done uh, that one i don't think so yeah so actually, off the show spirit because it's it's uh it's super easy to get to actually and um or not it's 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 a little bit hard to get to unless you're like just sort of exploring like it's easy to get to once you know how to get there but there's not like an obvious path to it but it's super easy to get a gold on and it's kind of fun but the only problem is that because it's centered right over the top of Tarir, like lag is so frustrating sometimes on it because like it's so sketchy because you have because it's all about like gliding and updrafts and like dropping out of your glider to like catch like to hit these orbs and stuff um Anyway, it's it's pretty fun, but some some of the Orc Basin uh, adventures I feel like suffer a little bit from like map lag, and uh, it makes it makes sort of excellent timing that some of them may require a little bit more challenging than others. But uh, still, I wonder if they might put them into their own instances later to help with that if it becomes an ongoing problem. Maybe, but I mean, I yeah, maybe like they would like they would still only be open when the map makes them open, but you can get mm-hmm. into yeah, maybe that that could be um yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, adventures so cool. There's still some I haven't even found in Org. I mean, I'm sure there's probably like three I haven't found in Org Basin just from a like lack of maximum exploration. But um, man, New and there's just so much too. to explore in this. It's just so great. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, Newhawk Wallows also is so convenient in this map. Oh my gosh. Like, because they, they just, like, warp you from, like, clear one end of the map to the other. And it was, like, in an instant. And, like, so regardless of whether the meta event's going on, you can be like, I need to be on the exact opposite side of Tyrer, and I don't want to get caught up in Octovine. Whoop! Which is, which is pretty nice. I appreciate those things. Um, have you guys fought the Champion of Balthazar? 
I did. I tried. thought that was so interesting. <laughs> I mean, why is he there? I mean, from a lore's perspective. Is yeah. it is that some the... dude that loves Balthazar so much? He's like, oh, I'm going to go be a hardcore, <laughs> you know, butt kicker at his shrine. Or is Balthazar still, like, care about the world enough to have a, sh- a dude that is him or something, an avatar there? I don't know. I want to know. Is that the hero challenge? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. Yeah, I did, I did that. Um, yeah, there was a big, there was a call on map that said, hey, we're doing the thing. So I ran over there and did it. And I don't, didn't take note too much of it. <laughs> Um, he has a mechanic serious? that's called Enrage, like, and I don't know if it is like the classical MMO definition of Enrage or what, but he was literally one-shotting or two-shotting everybody that walked up there and just yeah. instantly killing yeah. them because he would just he... like light the floor on fire and so you would get downed and then instantly get burned to death. And I was just like, oh my god. He can either He can either detect you outside the door or he randomly, because we got in there. I think I involved in or whatever, and there's bouncing mushrooms at the back, so you can get up on this upper level, and you can actually break combat on him. So we got in there, and we were watching him for a little bit, because it was just two of us, and like we had heard that this was, like this guy was terrifying. So we watched him for a little bit, and he'll actually just randomly spin around and throw stuff at the door. <laughs> so you can, you can walk into a fireball in your face, because he'll just like throw stuff at you. And He can also he- yank you down. Like, I yeah, got up to the top floor, and he yanked me down and jibbed me again. I was just like, oh my god, this dude. You can't even stealth it. He can see through stealth. Oh, people tried he? to stealth in, and he, yeah, he was yanking people out of stealth. And, like, even if you somehow managed to distract him or stealth through it, the ground under the channel is on fire anyway. <laughs> yeah, until I have you not kill him. gotten this hero point yet, because I can't get people to, like, come with me and get it. It's amazing awful, awful. amazing yeah like i don't know how to feel about it because like i should be able to get this hero point but at the same time i'm in complete awe of like how rough it is how much of a i have no idea how we did this it guy is. yeah i just all i can kind of remember is that i must have run in he was about halfway dead and i think we they'd just done us um like broken his break bar so i just ran and cast stuff on him there might have been like seven people maybe maybe there were more um, and just trickling in, and we just sort of went down, and then we channeled on the skill point while more people came in. I almost wonder well. if he's got, like, an enraged timer, you know, as, like I said, in the classical raid sense of an enrage, where, like, he hasn't, where he doesn't, like, despawn properly or something, and so he just gets into insta-kill murder mode, and then, like, <laughs> if you, and so, like, if nobody, if nobody actually kills him, he'll just stay that way until somebody does, and so some people kill him, like, without a ton of trouble, like you're talking about. And then sometimes he'll just like wipe a group and everybody will just say F that and give up and then he doesn't respawn <laughs> and then he's just stuck in murder rage mode forever <laughs> until some other group like ours powers through him with like death zerging him, which is what we did. Like I I respawned at Tarrier three times like before we killed him. Wow, that is not a small run either. No, it's not. Although New Hawk Wallows again helps. Um but yeah, it's it's just kind of it's it's a very awesome like quirk of this map. Like it's 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 definitely its own thing. Yeah, it's really a treat to see that because I was really hoping it'd be there, you know, playing Guild Wars One and knowing that there was a mysterious Balthazar shrine there. And now, you know, it's kind of active, which is cool. Yeah, um, yeah, but that's okay. So we've talked about Orc Basin for literally fifty minutes now. Um, do you guys want to talk about guilds very much, or like, is there? I don't even really know uh, what topics we wanted to talk about. That's just sort of what was in our notes. Yeah, I was, I was planning on talking. I mean, we, we can touch on this a little bit. I mean, I've been in the guild halls and stuff. I 
was thinking that we'd record this this episode after we um, capture our guild hall tomorrow because we haven't yet. And I'm real sad about that, but I'm super excited tomorrow. Like, it's tomorrow is practically Christmas for me. Um, yeah, uh, you've you've done the expedition though. Do you want to talk about your? Exp- I've also done an expedition, but I'll talk about it after you. Yeah, who who all has done an expedition? I've not. Okay. I haven't either. Okay, and Kate, which uh, which one did you do it for? Um, I did Gilded Hollow with Mock. Okay, so we've done different ones, so we can actually talk about both of them because they might actually be kind of different. Um, mm-hmm. so Twit Guild did uh Lost Precipice. Uh, that's that's the name, right? Lost mm-hmm. Precipice. Yes. Yeah. Um. So basically, the way that works is it is hidden on the north edge of the map of Verdant Brink. Um, it's actually a place that I found during beta, but it was like walled off. And I remember like the, one of the very first things I wanted to do was go find it as soon as I got gliding, uh, when the full game came out to see what was actually there. And then I found out it was guild hall and I was super excited with myself. Um, and so the way that that works is basically Mordrum, um, Mordrum are all over the place and they like spawn these big Mordrum tentacle things and they spawn them in multiple places at once. And I believe the number of them that spawn may scale with the number of players uh, that are doing it currently. Um, we can maybe corroborate some evidence to, to figure that out, but basically they spawn at like semi random locations and these guild halls are really big. And I know, I don't know the exact size of gilded hollow, but lost precipice is huge uh in terms of like physical geographical space especially if you include the vertical which is actually super important to include in this one because they spawned on all like height levels uh and basically you had you know maybe eight minutes to get to all of them and kill them all and if you didn't then basically they would like release poisonous spores and if you failed enough times you just like completely scrubbed out um so that's basically how it was and it was actually pretty hard because a lot of people in our guild didn't have updrafts yet and that was a big part of the mobility on that map um but we did we did ultimately succeed and then at the end you fought a couple of champions that you know were pretty or legendaries or whatever um and they were pretty beefy but uh that's how you that's how you claim that one is that the same for gilded hollow basically or is that or is it like kind of different um, it's similar. I would say for Gilded Hollow, you don't need updrafts, but bouncing mushrooms. Mm. Um, we had, how many people did you have again? Um, gosh, I don't know. I would say we probably only had 20 or 25, maybe. Okay. That's more than, I'm pretty sure that's more than we had. We had, we had three, no, we had 15 ish. Cause we had three parties. Um, we had two, two teams under commander tags and it was, fairly difficult for us like we we just kept getting awful spawns though they would be on opposite sides of the map and we'd spend most of the like the short time period running to that other one yeah and once that we were was there, a we lot just of really had to get it too. down yeah yeah so we um we failed like four of them in a row like we failed the first one because we didn't understand it right away and then we we got like three or four of them in a row and we had one spawn left and we failed enough that if we failed another one we were going to get kicked out um but we managed to just get the last one in time there were a couple like it was a really great difficulty for that group because it was it was pushed enough that we we did feel the sense of urgency like oh no we gotta get there um but we did not like it, we were able to complete it without. Um, Did you have two at a time, like two spawns at a time, or was it just one? 
No, we had two at a time. Two at a time. Okay. Because I think I think larger groups, uh, like larger guilds that have a bunch of people going into that, uh, have like three, four, maybe even five. Um, mm-hmm. So, which I think is a good scaling mechanism. You know, it's like that makes it so that the fights themselves aren't necessarily harder, but you have to be more coordinated because even if you just right. like Zerg rush them down as hard as you can, the physical travel time required to get from point A to point B is sufficiently long enough that you can't just, you know, just like stomp it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And then uh, I don't know which. We, we also had a round of, of champions at the end, which were. Um really mean until i figured out kind of how to how to stand there was some bad juju on the floor that was kind of hard to see mm, one of them was one of ours was like an axe murder machine and he that, just yep, like, that was him yeah um he's got this really nasty like it's a line that travels along the floor and then at certain points it branches out and that line is a really nasty uh thing that you do not want to be standing in but it doesn't like, it doesn't look particularly threatening yeah. until you're standing in it, and you're like, ah, ah, my face! And you're kind of also worried about the giant cleaving axe that's, like, right also in oh, your yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that the same boss that is in the canopy of Verdant Brink? Like, the axe master? Um, I don't know. I am not certain. Well, the axe master still... I don't think this one did. Oh, okay. Cause, well, because this is a legendary, so it's... I think it's, like, a souped-up souped up one, but... Uh... Well, the, isn't the axe master legendary? Oh, is he? I don't know. I thought he was. I thought he was a champion, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, he may or may not be the same as the other um, guy who may or may not be different. I would, no, I would venture, like, I haven't done the Axe Master, but based on um, story elements that I choose not to reveal, I believe it could be the same one. Mm, okay, fair enough. Um, so anyway, the, the whole process was uh, was definitely pretty fun. I don't know exactly what the smallest you could do it with. I would say you might be able to squeeze it out with, with 10 if you um, if the events scale down, but I don't know if they do. Uh, like if they, if they scale down enough that it's not impossible to, to beat each group with just five people, you might be able to do it in two groups of five, but um, 15 sounds like it's pretty hard, and 25... 2025 sounds was was could have could have been worse and it was not easy but it was not like super super hard so anyway um it was it was a fun experience though like i i like the i like the concept of it um have you partaken much in the scribing spirit or anybody actually i for that matter? have not i have not uh, i don't know if twits unlocked it yet but mock certainly hasn't and i relics doesn't even have a guild hall yet so um i haven't yet but i'm i'm getting to the point where i'm really anxious to start um is that something your guild unlocks or a person unlocks and then does for your guild my understanding is that you have to like you have to unlock a like like the workshop in your guild is what opens like a crafting area where you get the master scribe that teaches you the scribing profession like Uh, you would have to do for any other one yeah that's how i thought it worked um so my understanding is that we don't i don't know anyone that has access to that yet i presume that i could just join any guild and hop in their hall and be like yeah i talk to their scribe and yeah i'm a scribe scribe now but we don't we i don't know if 
any of us have that yet, but I'm sure the Relics Guild, like, I'm so happy about my robots. I'm so proud of them. They're all, like, trying to donate stuff, and I'm like, we don't, you can't even donate anything yet. We don't have a guild hall. And they're like, but we want to give you stuff. But you so I'm will sure need we'll it. be through it in no time. <laughs> yeah, we're, Twit Guild's doing a lot of donations. Like, we, there's, it, uh, there's a lot of supplies needed, uh, so... Yeah, that's something. It's good that you have uh, a preemptively excited guild for uh, making donations because mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot uh, also of flaxseed oil or of uh, linseed oil rather made from flaxseeds. Just as a on, heads up. on the kind of donation front, um, there was something that I saw in Map Chat the other day, which I wanted if we maybe talk about. Um, so there was someone asking in map chat saying want to buy I think it was leyline sparks five gold a piece and so obviously immediately everyone's response is why aren't you using the trading post blah 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 and of course it's an account bound um, material so the way they do it is he invites you to the guild temporarily and then you donate it into the guild uh-huh. okay so the question there is uh now i believe what probably is the case is that he can't then like undonate it like it has to then be used for whatever it's used for in the guild menu yeah mm-hmm. but that's still like the closest and the kind of grayest uh area in terms of like trading account bound materials that we have had and i wondered whether you thought um something whether something could be done about that or whether something should be done about that and if earning it might do something yeah i mean what do you guys feel like as far as whether or not something needs to be done about that in some respect i think because it is uh an avenue which can be i guess uh, exploited for nefarious means in that it's a very easy scam route and especially if it becomes normalized like if people uh, accept this as a normal thing to do to just temporarily join someone's guild and sell the stuff to them there are going to be many people that take advantage of that and say not pay them Sure. Uh, this guy's response was, oh, well, I will pay first via the mail before you donate, and so the risk is on me, which is fair enough, but then the flip side is that he could get scammed a lot, and yeah. then he's going to, isn't it, you know, he might appeal to ArenaNet and all that kind of thing. Yeah, so I well, I feel like it, it, he's also the one fixed. that's trying to exploit that, so, like, you know, yeah. like, but, yeah. Um, and Spirit, do either of you have any thoughts about that? Positive, yeah, negative, don't care. It's really great because I don't I'm not sure what they could do about that because you can't like they're not systems that are tied together like anyone can join your guild and donate right right so well, yeah which is why it's kind of like, weird that it is account bound because it it's like really not actually account bound <laughs> it's account bound yeah. so, in that you can't sell it but you can give it away to your guild which is it needs so the 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 trouble is it's used both for something in the guild but also for ascended crafting oh. uh, for in the same recipe as the um, the new stat set, I think. So that's what I was I was using those to um, craft fulgurite and then sell it on the trading post. So you can craft it into something which you can then sell. So you can still make money off it. Oh, okay. And he's in fact offering you a better value deal if you donate to his guild. But that yeah, it seems like maybe there's a misstep there that if it's donatable to the guild, perhaps that's the only thing it should be used for. Yeah, that's interesting. I like. I almost feel like it would kind of maybe warrant its own classification of like guild bound. Like you can, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but that's um, kind of awkward too. Yeah, I guess like I can't see any way around them like navigating that. Like him sending the systems. money is completely separate to 
uh you know the the him joining the guild or like people joining the guild and doing that like you can't just stop that guy from sending him money because he just joined the guild like there's no connection there that you could just stop so i think the only thing they could do is um like just very carefully watch the kind of materials they put in and or maybe substitute a different material um if they don't want that kind of behavior because i i just don't see any way around it other than that because there's absolutely nothing wrong with like having a donation drive and say you're a small guild and you want to build some stuff and you have members who are in a bunch of other larger guilds you could totally appeal and do a donation drive where everyone temporarily joins you and helps you build something and that's absolutely positive and fine yeah I, th- I mean, I think that's crucial to uh, smaller guilds because a lot of these yeah. costs are ext- like they're prohibitively expensive for any small group of people to do, whether it be a entire small guild or a just a small leadership. Like it is, uh, it's quite expensive. So I guess we just need a, a, a PSA, maybe. Like if people see this thing happening in map, I would be wary. Um, you're probably better off not doing it. If you want to take the risk, then obviously it's it's your own risk, and I would only do it if they are offering to send you the money first. Right. And then again, if you do that, then please don't be a dick and actually uh, complete the transaction and don't just run away with the money. Right. Um. Yeah. I the only the only like restriction I can think of that would be even slightly reasonable would be something like um imposing a you cannot donate to a guild for x number of days or something yeah mm-hmm. um there's a I don't, after joining let's yeah. say there's already that for guild banks it's a 72 hour lockout so that's not even remotely out of reach i think yeah which is like kind of annoying but it's not really that big of a like it's not really that big of an ask you know to say like mm-hmm. well you know <laughs> we're just gonna say you gotta gotta be a little bit more coordinated with your guild donations if you want to be doing that i don't know i don't have super strong feelings about it either way like yeah i don't know i like i said I'd... yeah i guess it's just like it's interesting to know i hadn't even heard of it right and they've they've managed to avoid the whole uh scam trading for three whole like three whole years they've basically i haven't seen anything in map chat if it ever is people are very informed and they know that the only way to get stuff is on the trading post and if you can't then it's account bound and all this kind of thing and this is the the first time where I've sort of seen it get very close to perhaps being a potential problem. And it still isn't. And I guess that's just the thing. Like, it's so good that the worst thing is something that might be a a minor problem if you're not careful. Well, I mean, I've definitely seen people try to sell, um, like, precursors and stuff or uh, things like, like, I've definitely seen people try and sell high value items via mail, which is effectively the the same thing. Yeah, which is effectively the same thing like you can be scammed there's no way to do it yeah but it's still very minor compared to like well you can't even compare it to guild wars one because guild wars one had no trading post and so that was literally the only way to yeah. do business but you just had to watch out for icons i remember that yeah <laughs> yeah 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 duplicate lookalike uh items yeah um so I guess I guess we can't really talk about the scribe because I don't think we know anybody that's done it. Um, I do want to say fair warning to people that are interested in Lost Precipice. Uh, during the capture phase, there are a ton of updrafts that you can use to get around, as I mentioned. But apparently, uh, those are turned off when you actually own the guild. And the only way... To have any updraft, there's like jump pads, which are effectively like the bouncing mushrooms, except you don't need a mastery for them. 
uh, and you can activate the updrafts that are immediately above them once, uh, like, when you're in the guild hall, but that only activates, like, one to three that are right around it. And so, like, the amount of fun that you have during the capturing of the guild hall is not equivalent to the amount of flying that you can do once you have it, which I think is really weak and... That is apparently, according to a Reddit thread that had a dev post, was the, like, it is working as intended, so they may change it if there's enough feedback, but no guarantees on that. So if uh, massive gliding and um, updraft writing for days was the reason that you wanted Lost Precipice, you may have to uh, reevaluate that with that knowledge. So <sighs> fair so warning. I'm firmly like after having explored both i'm firmly team lost precipice um partially for my cat you there's a cat statue which i'm calling hashtag catch you um and <laughs> i'm like very very fond of that <laughs> yeah it does um and i i love the idea of having like lost precipice has a lot of um housing-esque type things where we could say you know oh you know spirit's gonna live in this house and she gets to decorate this one with all her stuff and then the, Welcome to the spirit shack. The other one. yeah um and gilded hollow has that to some extent but not um not not in, as much. not yeah like not as as big of spaces not as house-like spaces like there are some rooms that you could claim um there's a really nice vault uh, which I intend to set up as an officer's lounge and put a comfy chair in. Um, <laughs> there's, I couldn't actually get to. I don't know if anyone has. Um, I couldn't actually get to the like the top third of the map in Gilded Hollow. Um, I just couldn't figure it out. Like I, I think it's a you know you have to upgrade the the guild to a certain point. There were no um, nothing spawned up there in the mines, but I mean it's very clearly detailed that there are buildings up there. So I don't. I think it's just something we, we like mockle eventually or us, you know, whoever ends up with Gilded Hollow. Um, we'll have to progress to get there. But that was a bummer to me because that it looked like that's where all the good stuff was and I couldn't get up there. Also, you could um, theoretically place decorations so that you could make a jumping puzzle up to get up there. That is true. So, hmm, gonna make a little small detour after this show <laughs> to find out whether if I can... boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Guild Wars 2, my favorite puzzle platformer. Um, puddle, puddle platformer? But it's a puzzle. Okay, puddle, I heard puddle. puddle. Um, yeah, I think that's... Yeah, oh, I wanted to bring up... I went and pulled up the thread I was bumbling about about my experiences in the guild hall. And then promptly accidentally scrolled down to the bottom. What's that? I pulled up, a, I pulled up the thread with the statistic and then accidentally scrolled all the way to the bottom while I was talking. Oh yeah, when you told me, I think, wasn't it like 58% had gilded hollow and then whatever the other equivalent had... Um... Lost Precipice. That's so a pretty what, close 32? split. 32? 40, 40. 42. Maybe it was more. Alright, where is it? There it is. Um, Lost Precipice, this is six days after launch. Lost Precipice has been captured 1,465 times. Gilded Hollow has been captured 2,751 times. So that's more like 730. Um, right. Yeah, and guild halls have been captured by 4,200 unique guilds, meaning 14 guilds have switched guild halls so far. <laughs> And seven guilds had completed their arena um, within six days of the uh, of launch. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So 
I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm super excited to claim our guild hall tomorrow. I have been looking forward to this. Ah, here's a neat detail that is not in this thread, but um, somebody pointed out on Reddit, I believe. Um, once you cap a guild hall, you should be familiar with the crystalline structure in the middle. Um, that'll make more sense to you once you've had the chance to see one, if you haven't. Um, above that, there's a sort of sparkle map. And, like, it's a, like a... I don't want to say like it's a globe. Like it's it's like a like a glow a sphere of stars. I'm gonna go with sparkle map. I like that better. A sparkle um, map is a plenty scientific term to use for it. <laughs> Alright, so on the sparkle map there is a different number of lit up stars, depending on how many people are in your guild. Um and there are a few comparison Ooh. threads or a com- few comparison pictures on on reddit of a guild with 30 and a guild with 450 and some ones in between but that um is a really nice little touch that um just makes it that much more personal so i really approve of that that's cool i hadn't uh seen that detail i mean i'd seen the sparkle globe that you're talking about and the crystal but uh i did not see that thread that detailed that at all that's uh that's neat there i mean yeah there's so many there's so many cool touches the the guild halls are just really awesome spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything else we want to talk about, or is that pretty much cover it? Been a pretty standard length episode. Yeah, I feel like we talked about everything I wanted to talk to, and maybe more. Like I'm, I'm kind of super blown away by the fact that we talked for fifty minutes about Org Basin when all of us have barely scratched the surface. Like that's how much there is going on in this expansion. Oh, also speaking of orc basing, this is a minor thing, although technically I've been discovering this in Tangled Roots or whatever. I can never remember the name of that map. It's Tangled something, something roots, something whatever, depths. I don't know. Um, Tangled There's an achievement yeah. for scaring birds. Yeah. That is an awesome achievement. It has four tiers. I am tier three now from mining, uh, farming all that flaxseed, because there's two patches of birds you can scare when you go up <laughs> there. And there's like five birds in each patch, so... Uh, I'm just super amused that there's an achievement for scaring So you the can scare the same bunch. group again? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it's just like the number of them that you like scare and make them fly off. It doesn't like... Oh. It's not like specific It's not birds. discovering new spots. Okay, I thought it was discovering new spots. Okay. No, it's it's just like how many birds have you scared the crap out of in your lifetime? Uh, <laughs> it's like a world so, v world achievement in <laughs> for like killing yaks, except it's just scaring scaring birds. Um, I no the scavenger hunt uh, achievement thing made me think of a couple of achievements in uh, Org Base, and I wanted to talk about it super quick. I know we're getting to the end of the episode. Um, the first I'm, I'm is a priory or no i don't know if it's priory or pact but there's an achievement for going around and finding it's a scavenger hunt kind of in the in the same vein as the karka um that's going around and finding fallen priory and or pact members and collecting their badges and when you go around and do that every time you find one your character has a voice dialogue um relevant to the race so like if you find an asura you go oh you're part of the eternal alchemy now and it's a very somber like really touching moment and there's a little if you go into the achievement panel there's a there's a short description of of what happened to each of them which functions as a like a guide but it was a really nice way of telling the story of a few characters um whether you ever got to meet them or not i just thought it was a nice way of working the story in and then there's another achievement which is much more like the um 
like the carcass scavenger hunt, which rewards you with a bloodstone dust eater. That one eats 250 bloodstone dust at a time. I have no idea what it gives you. Um, but you can Two go around and, and find... <laughs> 250 blues and a green. <laughs> you can go around and find exalted masks for that. And I want to say... I'm going to look something up real quick before I put my foot in my mouth. I'm, I need to see this. Uh, I respectfully decline. I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth. Um, there is a... I hope this isn't Guild War. If you care about Guild Wars spoilers. Guild Wars 1 spoilers? Um, yes, actual Guild Wars spoilers. Uh, kind of, because I guess it happened afterward. But the... Um, I hope everyone knows that most, if not all, of the characters in Guild Wars 1 are now dead. <laughs> it's been 250 years. <laughs> I, can think of, I can think of two that I'm pretty sure are not dead, but that's... Most, mm -hmm. if not all. Uh, <laughs> um, so... The actual item you get for completing the second scavenger hunt is called Herda. Um, if you don't remember, Herda was a henchman from Nightfall and Eye of the North. She was an elementalist. Um, so oh, yeah. at some point, um, she went to, to out to the jungle and became an exalted. And this is um, the continuation slash end of her story. So I thought I thought that was really cool. Um, I was looking at it going, I know I know that name for somewhere, and all of a sudden Koenig was like, oh, it's the henchman from Nightfall. And I was like, yeah, I know I knew from somewhere. She had so, the most powerful AoE spell in the game on her until it got nerfed, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe it still is, I don't know. What, Searing Flames? Was she? No, one of the uh, Earth spells. I was going to say, she was Earth, right? She wasn't yep. like Orion and his uh, celebratory firestorms. <laughs> <laughs> Only Guild Wars kids will know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yeah that's cool i actually had not seen that like connection and i did not make that immediate name connection so that's that's really cool um speaking i just like so i've just been sort of running getting my characters to flax seed patches during this episode and i just wanted to mention that even after like 40 odd hours most of which spent inverted brink I just now figured out how to get to the eastern side of the canopy when it is not nighttime from the ground. Just just now. Ah, yeah. Can you get? So that's the thing, right? I it seemed unclear as to whether or not you could get to the canopy without the helicopters. You definitely can. There's a few different places, and I, if you would like, I can show you how to get to both the east and the west side of the canopy in any time of the day. That would be good because because uh, <laughs> I only hero... found the west side. Yeah, that'd be really good for hero challenges. Yes, yeah, um, and they're not super hard to get to um, once you know where you're going. But like the map is so huge that I just now like found this way. You can actually get the oh. if you can get to one, you can get to both sides. But it's actually really sketchy and challenging to get from east to west all the way using only updrafts like. I did some shenanigans where I landed on something that I'm pretty sure wasn't meant to be an intermediary platform and then sort of did some shenanigan climbing up it and then like sort of barely made it to another platform and then sort of barely made it to an updraft. So you, without having to do that, there are ways up to both sides. Are we so. just teasing the audience or is it spoiler related or too difficult to describe? Uh, no, it's it's not. Um, I mean, it's to some extent, it's a little bit difficult to describe because it's like 
the whole thing is like vines and stuff so but <laughs> go climb um, this vine and then go climb this vine and then the green vine which bends halfway up to the left vines and stuff yo um <laughs> that so, sounds like me actually trying to navigate somewhere i'm uh astoundingly terrible at navigation and i actually once gave someone directions um that you go left around the swoosh swoosh corner and then uh, my family forever made fun of me by pointing at signs where it was like a curvy road ahead. And they would be like, what sound does that corner make? And I'll be like, that's a schwa, schwa, schwa. <laughs> you know. Amazing. Um, so to get up on the west side, uh, you go to Farron's Flyer Waypoint, and, which is in the southwest. And you basically go up and around the spire that's, that that waypoint is on and up into the airship wreckage. And then... Um, you can jump down either onto the little top of it and then move onto the giant vine that's like heading over towards like one of the hero challenges. And then from there, you can catch various updrafts that can get you up into the canopy. I think I'll have to check on a character that has better map completion than this one that I'm on right now, but I'm pretty sure I can also get into the canopy in the northwest, um, north of uh Mulligan's waypoint northwest of that um you can take some jumping mushrooms to get up there where the uh one of the adventure the flying circus adventure is and there's like an updraft that you can take and then there's like part of the ruined airship has like a spinning propeller like engine thing and there's an updraft coming out of that and then you can use that to get on top of further higher up on that airship where there is a vista and then up there, you are in the canopy technically, and you can catch a few updrafts from there. And then the one that I just found was in the Shrouded Ruins. Um, on the southern wall, uh, there's a Shrouded Ruins waypoint. And if you are following that wall, um, you sort of climb up, and then there's a Y right as it gets to the curve where you would like follow it back down the stairs. And if you go up the stairs... There is the Dust Dancer Plateau point of interest. And then from there, sort of back towards the waypoint, there's a jumping mushroom that like gets you up onto a little bit higher um, uh, plateau. And then from there, you can sort of run onto one of the giant vines. And then like that can get you high enough that you actually can just like climb it straight up into the canopy. And then from there, you can jump between some of the various canopy islands and like navigate to places because you're up there. So. Uh, the trick of the canopy is figuring out how to get up there in the first place, and then once you're up there, you can kind of navigate between a lot of them pretty easily, but, like, you have to figure out how to get up there for the most part in the first place, so. Anyway, um, I guess, I guess that's as good a note as any to end it on, so there's some pro tip section for you that I just discovered some of. So, uh, thanks for joining us again, Christian. Um, we're probably gonna be doing episodes on a little bit more of a haphazard schedule due to some general scheduling conflicts with people um not to mention if any other big patches hit so our day of the week that we release and our host roster is probably going to be a little bit more chaotic in the upcoming weeks so uh yeah thanks for sticking with us and thanks for joining me fellow co-hosts that's a wrap this has been another episode of relics of war if you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofor.com, email us at relicsofor at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. 
Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve.